down the back straightaway. The crowd explodes. McCready takes the lead. Oh, baby. the dirt late on a dream for the seventh time in his Hall of Fame career. The people's elbow, and he's upside down in a big way. In the 47th World 100, Jonathan Davenport. Take me on country roads, Josh Richards wins. Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Final circuit. He'll go down the back stretch and chase Dakota Knuckles. Clanton can do nothing about it. Final lap, can Pierce hang on, Bob? White flag in here for McDowell, one to go. One to go. Bobby Pierce, back to back, can he do an unsinker? Checkered flag awaits. Tim McCready trying to get underneath. Don't know if he's going to be able to do it. Whoa. He's got one more run here, one more run. Can he make it in there? Moran, right rear flat tire. Trying to finish it. Larson hits the wall. On Carly. Down the back straightaway to turn number three. For the first time in 2018, there's smoke on the water. Chris Smokey Man wins at Smoky Mountain Speedway. Will he do it? He tries to stick his nose up underneath Bobby Pierce. But tonight, an emotional win for Bobby Pierce. He takes the checkered flag. Out of four they come. McDowell wins. And now Pearson on the bottom, to the bottom. Here they come in a turn four at the line. It's going to be Pierce wins. Okay, here we go. Ready? Action. The faster you go, the more momentum you have. Whoa! Faster. Faster. More. The more. Momentum. Careful. Huh? Whoa! Oh, the great Bill Nye. Turn, you know I'm in a good mood when we're opening the show with the fantastic Bill Nye, the science guy, who I hung out with one night at Illinois State University. Side note, back in 2004, I played that clip because of his message and it ringing true right now. Finally, after a gross couple of months, we have some momentum in late model racing as we're clicking races off left and right, and it finally feels like the 2018 dirt late model season has shifted into that proverbial next gear. This is Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live for Tuesday night, May 1st. <sighs> the month of May is finally here. I think most casual late model fans say, and I really think the hardcore fans say it too for that matter, May is when this thing gets going. You have the winter stuff, Arizona in January, Speed Weeks, Georgia and Florida in February, the spring stuff that all seems to rain out. But now May is the month, think about it, that... All, even all the northern tracks are finally open by May. So basically, Dirt Late Model Racing is now open for business. Thank you to everybody who joined us for our live production from Macon this past weekend. We had our, that's a fifth mile smile turn. We had like our it. fifth mile smile on as Bobby Pierce went on to sweep the Lucas shows. More on that in a minute. The Outlaws experienced what Lucas did last weekend. They had two different winners in both just dominant fashion down at Smoky Mountain. And at Eldora, turn, turn, stop me if you've heard something like this before. Would this be something else? Here we go. He pulls up. There's no green light. There's no There's green no light. Green. 25 pounds light. 25 pounds light. He's 25 pounds light at the scales. 
Okay, so it wasn't as dramatic what I'm going to show you later in the show, but it happened again at Eldora at the scales. It was for $95,000 less dollars turned, but it still happened. We'll touch on that and recap really what was overall a pretty full weekend from West Plains to Modoc and everywhere in between. We had cameras Friday and Saturday, and much of that will be featured in five things as I give you my thoughts on the weekend that was. And turn a special note Today is May 1st, and that means my wife Amber and I's ninth wedding anniversary. Somehow, someway, this gorgeous woman has put up with me for nine years, is the co-CEO and co-owner of DirtOnDirt.com. I wanted to say, though, on a serious note, before I got into anything else, I literally owe everything to my wife and her ability to believe in our dream together when we got this thing started. Turn, here is a photo from the first night we set up a booth. What are you laughing at, Turn? At Florence back in August of 2007. My dad was there, so of course we were toasting a beer. But there's me and Amber the first night we ever set up at DirtOnDirt.com all the way back in 2007, 11 years ago now. Couldn't get things started without thanking her and telling her I love her more than anything in the world. And I know what everybody's thinking, Turn. Yes, I am too good looking for her. Don't you think that's what everyone's thinking? I think nobody's thinking that, actually. Uh, (laughs) Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. A quick look ahead before five things. Lucas Oil has their early May stop at Taswell and Florence coming up. The Outlaws with a triple header, the rare early spring triple header, Livonia, Cherokee, and Sonoya. Three very fun joints. We've got a few drivers on to talk about that with us. And I had a long debate with a race fan over the weekend about why we, and by that I mean race fans, go to races. So I thought I'd spin that into tonight's pay attention segment and the Twitter question because I know the answers could be changing as we evolve as fans. So I want to know what are the single biggest factors on why we as late model fans go to the races. Turn, turn. what do you think the answer is? What's the number one reason late model fans go to races? Uh, I mean, so answer for me, you're saying, yes. kind of? yes. I don't know, adrenaline maybe. Uh, it's, it, that's it's. I like by the way, a little got a little tan in this lighting yeah, tonight. Yeah. By the way, I like it. Turn <laughs> turn was in the sun at Macon over the weekend. By the way, so he's got a little bit of a tan. Uh, adrenaline will play a big part of it. And we'll get some of those Twitter questions later. We're going to talk to some race fans later in the show. They're going to tell us why. In turn, Bobby Pierce was on last week. He went on to win two races after being on the show. We're going to sprinkle some of that love to Brandon Overton and Mason Ziegler. They could use some of it right now. But first and foremost, let's get things kicked off. Five things. Here we go. Number one on five things, every member of the Dunn-Benson team told me this past week they desperately wanted to honor Carlton Lamb with at least one victory in Bobby Pierce's home state of Illinois. Well, Big C didn't get one, he got two from the boys, as I have no doubt he was smiling down from above. And now Pierce on the bottom, to the bottom. Here they come in a turn four at the line. It's going to be Pierce wins. A dandy in Macon. A dandy at Macon. There were 150 competitive laps ran for Lucas Oil this past weekend at Tri-City and Macon. Bobby Pierce led 149 of them. First at Tri-City Friday night, he was totally dominant. In a no-doubter, he blitzed the field, set fast time, got a heat win, held off Tim McCready here in a flag-to-flag feature triumph. Got a little harder at the Mighty Macon on Saturday. His former Hell Tour buddies, Shannon Babb and Ryan Unzicker, didn't make it easy. As you'll see here, the only lap he didn't lead was about seven or eight to go. Unzicker just nips him at the line right there. But then Pierce gathered it back up, 
drove back around the 24 and completed the $24,000 weekend sweep. You know, between the early season struggles, the death of his team owner, and the emotion of coming home, it was an emotional 48 hours in his home state for a kid that I think we sometimes forget is still pretty young. It's uh, extra special. Uh, I really wanted to get a win for him uh, earlier in the season. You know, we came really close in Arizona that one night, and we've had some really good runs, just never been able to, to cap it off. And uh, I tell you what, tonight had me really nervous with all that lap traffic. But, you know, I know he was up there watching us. Uh, and, you know, just got to give a huge thanks to, to the Lambs, what they do for me and, and the team. And, you know, big shout-out to all the crew guys. Uh, you know, when I'm not down there at the shop, they get the thing ready and, meet him on the weekends. I was down there this week helping him out and stuff. And uh, everyone said, you know, when I come back home, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my first win. And, you know, I was like, well, you never know. we we'll have to see. And hot laps, I was really worried tonight. You know, I, I wasn't good. Went out there in qualifying, and the car was great. Set fast time, won the heat race, and started on the pole, and the rest was that. So um, just got to give a huge thanks to Mark, too, uh, with Rocket Chassis, helping us get started. And Bill from Pro Power Motors and Corey from Advanced Suspension. You know, between all that combination, it was really good tonight. You know, the general consensus was, you know, Pierce has been terrible to start the year, but suddenly he's fifth in points. He's less than 200 back from second place. I'm not saying he's a title contender, but that's pretty damn good after some February disappointment. Maybe the home cooking is exactly what Pierce needed to get things pointed the right direction. Number two on five things, you'll recall last weekend that it was the Lucas Oil Series who had two blowout wins when J.D. and Bloomquist won. This weekend, it was the World of Outlaws who had a pair of one-sided affairs. Friday night, as correctly predicted, turned by our own Derek Kessinger. Chris Madden throttled everybody at Smoky Mountain to get his first Outlaws win of the year. The next night, Madden was second to only Dale McDowell is the best non-touring driver in America. Yeah, I said it. Was equally as impressive as Madden the night before, picking up $10,000 of his own. These two guys just were checked out from Jump Street on Friday night and walked the dog from the drop of the green. We had a great race car tonight, all night since we've uh, been here and unloaded. We was off just a little bit when we hot out and we tuned on it and Man, we got this thing dialed right in where it needs to be. Uh, I told him, guys, if we just keep clicking off him top two or three, you know, we could have run second both nights last week. We went for the win the last few laps. But, you know, it pays off uh, in the long run, and we got us a win tonight. Everybody worked hard on it last night and uh, today, and and uh, Shane we had to go back and get some parts. And uh, so it was a big part of it, you know. And, and last night, actually, we turned our transponder in, didn't think it was going to make it, and everybody jumped in and fixed it. So... Uh, we had to go actually go rob some parts off Scott's new car back up to shop. So uh, we did that. So I guess he's all right with that. But uh, th- thanks to Sweet Bloomquist Race Cars and, and um, just everybody involved, Textron, Off-Road, uh, New Era, uh, just uh, Comedic, Klotz, uh, just everybody, uh, Will Kinzer Foundation, uh, Quality Oil and Gas, just all the all the, uh, the Kinzer family has been so good to us and, and allow us to to support us and allow us to come out and race for these people and, and uh, race everywhere. And so it's, uh, I appreciate everybody that makes this possible. 
Notice now, it is not the Rocket House car who leads the World of Outlaw points as we head into May, but by a 40-point margin, it's now Chris Madden who takes the top spot into this weekend's triple header after Brandon Shepard had motor trouble on Friday night. Now, let's not sound the alarm for the blue car yet, but can it happen? Can Madden or maybe Marler knock off that Rocket House car team? It's a long way to go, although Madden is headed to three of his better tracks this weekend, so it's about to get interesting with the World of Outlaws. Number three, Nick Hoffman has been in search of that first milestone dirt late model win and in our world that comes in the form of a 5,000 to win race he got it Sunday but probably not how he envisioned it Jamison will pull up back back on looking for that green light and he no green light yet So there you can see it, folks. No green light for Jason Jamison, and that means that Nick Hoffman is your winner. And Jason Jamison crossed the finish line at Eldora Speedway Saturday night first, but was short on weight by four or five pounds, handing the win to Nick Hoffman, the modified standout. He loves when I call him that turn. He started 10th. Had to get some cautions fall in his favor to get up to second and look like he was going to finish there until Jamison's misfortune afterwards. Obviously, he would have preferred to win it outright, but you know what? A win is a win is a win. The trophy still says the same thing no matter what, but uh, it just kind of sucks to win them that way. But you know, I got to thank everybody that uh, puts this deal together for me, Jones Oil, everybody that uh, at the shop, and uh, it's pretty cool to, to come here and repeat this deal. Looked like that racetrack was in pretty good shape. Top side, bottom side, you could go pretty much wherever you wanted, but looks like this car was on rails on the bottom side of that racetrack. Yeah, you know, I, I could kind of search around, and uh, the biggest thing here is, you know, not getting in somebody's air, and, and uh, that's what happened in three. When he came across, I got in his air, and I just had to shove straight across and just stay in the gas and try and beat him back to the line. But um, So it's a little bit tough, you know, racing around other cars, but, the, you know, the racetrack was phenomenal. Um, you know, it's kind of like it was last year. You got grip spots here and there, and you just got to hit them right. Remember, Hoffman got his first ever super late model win last year at Eldora. This is now his second of his career, both at the Big E. And how about a shout-out to Roger Slack and Larry Bowes at Eldora, finishing in the daylight. Turn, you know that makes me happy. Daytime checkers are glorious. Number four, I'm telling you, Turn, if this Billy Moyer guy sticks with it, you might have heard of him, he could have a future in late model racing, I'm telling you. Will he get it? Doesn't look like it. Rolling through the middle, turns three and four. Your Kyle Kim Super Dirt Series feature winner, Mr. Smooth, Billy Moyer. Mr. Smooth picked up his first win of the year in his hometown Saturday night, a $2,000 to win Comp Cam Super Dirt Car Series race. As he ended up pulling away easily, but this one didn't come without some shouting. Look at this. Jared Landers gets into the lead, or gets into Billy for the lead, exiting turn four after a little rubbing. The older Batesville driver says, nah to the younger baseball driver. I thought 21 was going into the inner retaining wall. He kept it clean after that. And I asked Billy on the phone today, man, it was only 2000 to win, but it seemed like you really wanted to win this race. You know, I, uh, I didn't even realize it until I was reading something about, I guess it's been a while since I won one out there, you know, even a little one, I guess I didn't realize it's been that long, but you know, yeah, it, it's just sometimes, I mean, I've ran in little 2000 wins and you run a 20,000 to win. And sometimes, you know, to, to win that 2,000 is not any different than winning the 20,000 when it comes down to it, you know. And, uh, you know, all the boys weren't there by any means, but there's some good cars there that's, that's capable of winning anywhere they go, you know, a half a dozen of them, at least. So, 
Um, you know, none of them's ever easy, but yeah, he you know, was in lap cars and just trying to trying to take it easy and not tear my stuff up. And then he just he comes sliding across my nose there in, in a when we was in lap traffic. And, and uh, so, you know, he slipped up and I come back down underneath him. And, and these cars today, you can't see out the left side of them. And, and you know, I was I was up underneath him. And I don't think he's seen I was there, you know, and he just started to come down to the inside and I was there, you know, but it, it didn't even, I think it put a little tire mark on my car. It wasn't even like, it, it looked worse than it really was when I watched the video. <laughs> first win at Batesville since 2012 for Moyer, by the way. Also, if you'll notice that schedule page, here it is, Turn. This is a true work in progress. He's got nothing on it for this coming weekend. He told me, and his website developer, Ryan Delf, great guy, told me, usually on Wednesday or Thursday before they decide, we're going to talk to some fans in the show about planning their vacations around a driver. Not so easy to do with Billy Moyer anymore. Finally, number five, it's that time of year when we start to lose a few folks on those national tours. They analyze those point standings and start to make other plans. Rusty Schlank decided this week he will no longer follow the World of Outlaws and right on cue he went to I-96 and one of the video you're seeing here, that decision really paid off for Tyler Millwood as well the World of Outlaws rookie to be pulled off tour last week and this week he cashed a $5,000 check at the Jack Storette Memorial at Modoc, mixed it up with Ross Bales, you see Ross actually takes the lead here for a second, Millwood got lucky, a debris caution came out he went on to not be really challenged after that. It was the biggest win of his dirt late model career. And while he'd love to still be on the road, this at least padded that fall a little bit, this victory. Uh, it definitely did. It definitely did. But, it, I mean, them couple races we run with the Outlaws, I'm going to give it credit to that win because it got me in my driving you know, it got me in my mode that I needed to be in. That's what I was going to ask you is it, you often see guys go run these regional or run these national tours, then pull off. They go right back and win in the regional series or the local level. That's that happens that way, doesn't it? It's amazing how those guys can season you for that. Oh, yeah. Just like I was telling Kevin Kovac uh, uh, just the other day. I mean, them guys just race on another level. They race on a completely different level than a local guy does. And once you race with them for a little bit, you got to either race on that level or you're going to get beat every weekend. So it definitely helps. Now that you've won one, it's probably time to win two or three, don't you think? I have no doubt in my mind we can't click some off here. We got just as good as crew and cars, everybody else does. And just as long as the driver can do his job, we'll be a okay. I've been hearing some other rumblings as well that both tours may lose a few more guys before the year is up. It's just really hard to justify staying on the road, driving past races closer to home that pay more money if you're not in the top five or eight of series points. We'll see how it shakes down over the course of the next month. That was five things turn. A couple of other weekend winners. Yeah, I got it here. A couple other weekend winners that I wanted to mention. Tony Jackson Jr. won the first MLRA race at West Plains Legit Speedway Park in seven years. And Ronnie Johnson is frickin' timeless. Five, as they call him. And you know your big time turn. When, you have, when you're only referred to as a number, you know your big time. Five wins the Neesmith race at Talladega on NASCAR weekend, while Austin Horton uh, yeah, Austin Horton won the Super Race, and Sean Chastain of Murphy, North Carolina, won the bonus race at Blue Ridge congratulations to all of them turn when you were walking through the pits at any point at Macon this weekend did you see me arguing with anyone i mean yeah i saw you in a fist fight oh no i'm kidding <laughs> not a fist fight it wasn't heated even i was having a debate a spirited debate i'd say with a member of the racing community about you 
Maybe. You, the race fan, not U-Turn, you. Uh, there was no debate about U-Turn. We both wrote, <laughs> wrote you off. We were talking about what motivates you to go to the racetrack. What is the number one reason that you, the race fan, choose to attend a dirt late model race? And at one point, we kind of both found it funny that here this person and I, who are fans, but that's not really our official capacity anymore, were, were thinking to ourselves, boy, we have all the answers. And I thought, why don't we have some fans on the show this week to discuss that and that is exactly what we're paying attention to tonight. Why do fans go to the races? You can't go on Facebook or Twitter or any message board these days without a hundred opinions on why an event did well or poorly or why people or don't come, do or don't come to the races. And I thought we'd cut to the heart of the matter here tonight and just ask some folks. So joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline are four Dirt Late Model fans from across the country. First, we have John Welch from the great state of New York, Kyle Simons from West Virginia. Of course, we have Joe Warning from Indiana and Bobby Covington. I believe Bobby from Kentucky, correct? Is that right, Bobby? Taswell, Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm sorry. I had I had Kentucky on the brain. You Bloomquist fans, and we're going to talk about that more in a second, that Kentucky area. I've got a, a headshot of a turn. Throw that back up there real quick. These guys are going to see when they watch the show. I've even got spiffy headshots of these guys up here. Look at the beard on Bobby, by the way, turn. That is some serious yeah. stuff. Bobby from Taswell, Tennessee. I'm going to start. I'm going to sort of manage this like a roundtable, guys, and address each one of you individually. I'm going to start with this question for each one of you. And first up is John, and I'll call your name out for the response afterwards. John Welch from New York, what is the single biggest reason you attend a Dirt Late Model event? Can't go on forever with your answers, but what is the single biggest reason, John? Excitement. I like turns adrenaline also. Uh, take the take the first three Prairie Dirt Classics or the last couple north-south, especially since TMAC won two, two of them. That's that what keeps you coming. So literally, that, that excitement, that adrenaline rush. Okay, what about you, Kyle? What's the single biggest reason you come? Well, I think every single one of us, you know, is attracted to the sport with going to races every weekend. But I think another big reason that a lot of people leave out is just the, the people that you meet. If I can go to anywhere in the country and go to a racetrack and find someone that I know, or it's a big family, big family-type atmosphere. I've heard that response a lot, and we've got it on Twitter today, and I and I would agree with that. A lot of my coworkers are people I just met at the races. What about you, Bobby? From of course from Tennessee, I had that wrong earlier. Bobby Covington, what's the biggest reason? And I got to throw a caveat in there. Part of the reason I wanted to have Bobby on, he is a crazy Scott Bloomquist fan, so I know that's part of the motivation for him. I wanted to mix that in, but Bobby, is it just Scott for you, or, or what are the reasons you go to the races? Actually, it's uh, it's in my blood. My dad raced when I was little. So growing up, I was at Atomic Speedway in Smoky Mountain just about every single weekend. I grew up with Billy Ogle Jr. You know, he and I are real good friends. But uh, yeah, I saw Scott from an early age when he first started out. and I mean, man, it just, he's something else. But uh, yeah, just, and like someone else said there, it's, it's, it's a racing family. You know, you go to these events and everybody knows everybody. And, and for me, you know, we, we own a crate car driven by Josh Fields. So, uh, you know, we're racing as well. So to me, it's just, it's in my blood. Uh, that's So, so far, Taryn, you've got adrenaline, the excitement, the family, the people you meet at the races, and, and, a fa- and the actual family, the blood heritage. Uh, Joe Warning, what about you two, finally? What, what is the reason, Joe, from Indiana, what do you go to the races for? Number one reason. Well, the number one, it's like what the other guys touched up on, is just to be with their racing families. 
Because for me, I wouldn't have the friends I have today if it wouldn't be for the racetracks. Like when you go to your local racetracks, you see fans sit in the same sections every week because they like being with their friends and family and enjoying the races. And for years, people sit in those same sections. Wouldn't you agree, Joe? You go back 20 years later, people are still sitting there. Yes, I agree. Like Lawrenceburg Speedway, I mean, I I grew up there, and people still sit in the same section, (laughs) same way as Florence Speedway. All right, now that was all warm and fuzzy, guys, and I love that. And I agree, the the excitement, the family, the the bonds, all of that. Now we're going to reverse it a little bit. What is the single biggest mistake that a track makes to keep you from coming back whether it's an event, a big event, or a track itself, what is the single biggest mistake that a racetrack makes? Reverse order this time. Joe Warning, you're first. Well, one for me is if a track just, like, takes forever to run run the program, that kind of attracts me not to go. Yeah, I think that's uh, that might be number one on everybody's list, a non-lengthy program. Bobby, what about you? I think it's running too many classes, you know, dragging it on all night. And, uh, you know, like Smoky Mountain the other night, they had two classes, World of Outlaws and the, and the Minis. And as the sun was setting, you know, it wasn't completely dark. They were doing the four-wide salute. Uh, you know, and that's the way to do it. You know, that's just get in and out and, and get it done. You I, know, don't I, drag it on and on and on. And I think that's exactly – running too many classes ties in with what Joe said. I don't want to interrupt Kyle, but, Kyle, what's your thoughts on that? Are you going to piggyback those sentiments, or is it something else for you? Oh, absolutely. It's got to be the same thing. It's – there's, there shouldn't be a show, especially with the way we are now with technology and things. If you want the average fan to come, you have to be able to keep them there for a shorter amount of time. I mean, sometimes you just see some of these racetracks that aren't starting to feature until 1 in the morning. Uh. There's, just, there's no excuse for it. And, John Welch, what about you? You and I have talked about track prep a lot. I know that's big for you. <laughs> you, you don't want a one-lane track, John, I think. Uh, but what else for you? What's the single biggest thing to keep you coming or not to come back to an event? You didn't need to have me on the show since you uh, had my uh, number one answer <laughs> you've already covered. And I, I agree with the other guys, and the only thing with me that's a little different, if I see a track's running more than two classes, I don't go. Wow. I mean, I just don't. I already, I just don't go. I'm not going to. I don't have, I'm too old. I haven't got that much life left. <laughs> and I don't have, I, I, don't, I don't have the patience. I, so. So I agree with everything they said, but I'd already dismiss it just based on that. Wow, two classes is tight too. I can sneak a third sometimes, John. I like, but I think John isn't. You'd say the older you get, the less patience you have for the bullshit. Isn't that right? Uh, <laughs> isn't that yeah, right, John? That's right. Yeah, you can run as many classes as you want. But don't qualify them all, uh, and run the main class first. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. The only the only essence is the only scenario where you don't run the main class first to me is if you're done so early. I mean, if it's like seven twenty or something, okay, I'll I'll get by with it. No, uh, yeah, and I and I'm going to go to the world finals when I see three trap top classes. I'm not talking about that. right, right. Real quick from each one of you too. None of you mentioned track prep, but how important is that? And I don't want you guys to can't go on too long on this. But uh, John, uh, actually, I'm going to go back to Joe first on this track prep. How important is that going to a place that you know is going to provide two and three wide racing? Joe, go ahead. Well, it's very important to me because I mean, obviously, I go to Florence every week, and the weeks they don't run, um, I look at what other tracks are running, and I and I pick whichever track that provides the best racing in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. Bobby, what about you? Absolutely track prep. I mean, here in East Tennessee, a lot of our tracks, we don't even put a car on the track until the sun starts to go down. Right. You know, so you can keep that moisture in the 
in the track, and that's you know that's everything. That's a great dilemma I find sometimes. Though you want to get done early, but some tracks can't start till the sun goes down. It's like a catch twenty two kind of. Kyle, would you agree with that? Track prep, how important is it to you? Do you only think about it, or do you get pissed off, Kyle, when you see they haven't even worked the track? They haven't done one thing. How angry does that make Kyle Simons? <laughs> well, it's definitely it's definitely a big uh, part of the attractions and races. I mean, just around my area here, Fort Royal Speedway has done such a good job in the past number of years, and you see it every week. Their weekly crowds are huge. Their their crowd for the Lucas Oil Race last week was huge, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that people know that when they go there, the track's going to be right, and their chances of seeing a good race are pretty good. Final question, especially after this spring. We know how weather-dependent we've become as a sport, and now that we all basically have weather computers in our pockets with cell phones, John, I'm going to start with you. How big is of a how big of a factor is forecast for you? John Welch from New York. Yeah. When you especially are having to drive sure. south, I said New York because you're constantly going south. How important is that weather forecast that I think all promoters really dread the farther in time we get with this intense phone radar we've got? Exactly, uh, and it's huge. Uh, the only thing, only only it's got to be a crown jewel now for me to leave with a shaky forecast. I'm not just going to go to a regular 10 or 12,000 to win outlaw Lucas show and drive five, six hours. If the weather, it's so it's, it's huge. I, you know, I, I just park it. If, uh, if it's questionable for a regular show. Kyle, what about you? How big of is weather? How important is it? Well, I think a lot of it depends on the show that you're going to, like, like he had just said, you know, the, Crown jewels are a little bit different. You know, Eldora will run all hours of the night if they need to, and if there's a big enough window to race, they'll get it done. But some of the smaller shows, especially if you're traveling, you know, three, four hours, it gets a little hard to justify when you're up above a 50% chance of rain for a certain number of hours going there when you think there's a pretty good chance that you may not see a race. Bobby, what about you? Man, I'm a traveler. I travel every week for, for my job, so it's nothing for me to hit the roads. The way I look at it is, if Scott Bloomquist is running somewhere close enough for me to get to, I'm going to go. And if it rains out, I'm going to stop somewhere and eat me a big old steak. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be putting any ideas in Turn's head here. When Turn gets rained out, Taco Bell at the max, guys. I don't want him to get any ideas here. Uh, finally, Joe Warning, what about you? Well, I think it's very important to me. And what I do is I pretty much have every city within two hours of me that has a racetrack. I have it saved into my computer. And what I do on a rainy day, I just – pick whichever racetrack has the least least amount of range percentage, and, and I just go to that racetrack. Now, and I think that's a smart move. Guys, we may never solve the answer to this question, but I think we at least cave up to start a good discussion a little bit. I hope that a few promoters will listen to this tonight, especially on the classes thing. And I honestly did not know what your answers were going to be beforehand. You would all agree on that. I did not know. I wasn't prompting you. But time management and too many classes and, you know, things like that, I think. And I think atmosphere is important. If I may add one for myself, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but when you can go somewhere and sort of feel like you're at a special event, uh, real quick from all of you, you kind of agree, right? You want it to feel a little bigger. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. 100%. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Michael. I, I know oh, to be uh, Michael Homer, but the the PDC. If I could only go to one race, that's it. I, and that is not. I did not. Yeah, I did not. I did not prompt him to say that because to me, Eldora, Fairbury, all those places stick together. I, but you're right. It's just something about being at it. 
you know, where you don't get to the track. I've been to a racetrack before where it doesn't seem like anybody showed up before 5 p.m., and that doesn't quite have the same pop to it. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're four of the biggest race fans I know. Uh, thank you guys very much, and uh, I'll see you guys down the road. And I know, Bobby, you'll be at Tazewell and everything this weekend. Guys, uh, each one of you say thanks or whatever, and thank you guys very much. Yeah, thanks a lot, Michael. Thank you. All right, thanks. Thank you, Michael. Thank, thank you, Michael. Appreciate uh, it. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. That is our Twitter question tonight as well, Turn. What is the single biggest reason you attend a dirt late model race? We just heard from four fans. Let's hear from some more. Hashtag late model live at dirt on dirt. I want to know why do you go? You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live back after this. Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something to get it right out. And uh, I just my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. Everything on our car is you know the best in the business, and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such you know good relationships with Maria and them there, and and their products you know the best in the business, and that's why we run them. And a backup car comes in the tail to win the United Golden Isles. I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won. Shepard on the transponder won the race. Superman does it. Jonathan Davenport wins at East Bay. He's holding on for dear life, and he's going to get the win here tonight. Bronson by Heather Carly. Are you kidding me, Wentz? The Voodoo Child goes to victory lane. Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win at Volusia. Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. 
I got it right here, Turn. I was looking through some photos today. I was a mega fan once, just like those guys on the line. Look at this photo. Look look at Rigsby on top. I believe that's during the World 100, not the Dream. On top, the Eldora. Look how handsome I am, Turner, in a purple John Gill shirt. <laughs> it's like 14 years old, maybe, in that shot. Uh, I was a mega fan, just like all of you out there. Still am, but uh, the question was, what is the single biggest reason you go to a dirt late model race? And be specific, turn. We got a ton of answers on this. First from Corey Dunn, it's the purest form of auto racing we have. The parity in the sport is what makes it so great because you never know who will win a race. Next up, we've got Mark Jefferson from the mixed competition, so sort of that parity angle again. Multiple race lines and the fact there is no pit racing, I think that's hugely important. No friggin' pit stops. All racing is on the track and cars are on the edge. Turn, read a couple more for yeah, me. Yeah, this is definitely my uh, mine here. The corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put this uh, one in here. It made me laugh pretty hard. Uh, Robbie Wilkinson. Racetrack, racetrack corn dogs are pretty damn good. They are. It's like a fair corn dog. So Take this, this one a, for me. You, you're not getting away with corn dogs only. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, from Tyson Pruitt. Really can't believe boo or cheer for Bloomquist Zero has not made the list. It always seems like uh, to be a motivating factor for a lot of folks. Yeah, and I'll take these last few here. Billy Moyer Jr. to pay for diapers. Uh, of course, uh, Billy, we're still thinking about you and your, your wife, Skyla, of course, and your beautiful baby girl. Hope she's doing good. But, yeah, you got to pay for diapers, buddy. So you got to get out to the racetrack. Drew Hertzko always has good Twitter, Twitter responses. Growing up around asphalt short tracks where it's always bottom dominant, I was blown away the first time I witnessed a dirt late model make a late pass race for the lead or a late pass race for the lead. That's why I go to witness those moments regardless of who's driving. Turn a couple more. You take one more for me here. All right. From our friend Dylan Braddy says atmosphere slash entertainment factor. At the end of the day, we go to a race to be entertained whether that is from great racing, pyro, or driver intros. You're seeing more people get into that extra stuff like pyro or driver's intros. Josh Weinrich says, to see a good race, period. Races are always better in person. For me, attending a dirt late model race, whether it's national or regional, is a bigger deal than going to a cup race. There aren't as many ways to consume the sport, so seeing a race in person is a major event. P.S. Making first-timer unreal exclamation point turn is that it one more one more from michael evans to see the best drivers and the baddest machines putting on a great show not to mention the tailgating again atmosphere turn it yeah. keeps coming back to that beforehand meeting and making new friends it keeps coming back to that or talking trash about who they pull for but in the end we can't wait for next week to do it all over again my takeaways from what fans are saying atmosphere timely programming uh and, and good track surface if you can just do those things consistently as a promoter you should be in good shape last weekend the jri shocks top 20 poll top 25 poll had three guys at the top fresh off of victories davenport bloomquist and shepherd no such luck this weekend for those three they all fell a little bit short and were relatively quiet with Lucas and the Outlaws. Let's see how that shuffled the top. And I think we got a guy mixing his way near the front in this week's JRI Shocks Top 25. Look at that turn. Chris Madden up to second for the first time this year. Davenport holds on to that top spot, but three guys still getting votes for number one, Davenport, Madden, and Bloomquist. The middle of that top ten held steady. Look at you win two Lucas races in your home state. Holy hell, you move up. Bobby Pierce up seven spots inside the top 10 11 through 25 not a lot of rattling around here shannon babb good this weekend at macon that gets him three brandon overton struggled a little bit he'll join us he's down to the 13 hole and 21 through 25 turn nobody knew right nope not this week nobody knew uh, billy moyer uh, of course up one spot wins at batesville herb moran uh, that's tyler herb billy moyer jr and kyle bronson and this week's jri shocks 
top 25. We are at that point in the dirt late model season where we haven't hit a single crown jewel yet. So you've sort of got this May buildup where both national tours are running simultaneous events every weekend. Local tracks are opening all over the country. There's a handful of regional races every weekend as well. It's a nice calm before the summer storm. May has always been one of my favorite months, but you can sort of you can sort of ease into the season. We're not slammed yet, and we in the media can really, whether the drivers like this or not, we can really start to analyze things a little bit without there being a hundred events every weekend. So don't worry, that's right around the corner. That is coming. But in the meantime, let's enjoy this part of the year. Five national touring races in total this coming weekend. Lucas Oil at Taswell and Florence for a pair of 12,000 win shows. Florence being the Ralph Latham Memorial, of course. We'll talk to Mason Ziegler about those in a second. But first, a World of Outlaws triple header. Livonia Thursday, Cherokee Friday, and the great Sonoya on Saturday. All three pay 10000 a win. Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs hotline to discuss this weekend three-way is Brandon Overton. Brandon, let's get to the hard stuff first. You are currently seventh in World of Outlaw points. Last year at this time, you had five wins. Right now, you've got one. You text When I texted you and said, will you be on the show, you said, why? So you can talk about how bad I'm running right now. I'm just going to phrase it this way. I'm going to – was last year – let me put it this way. Why was last year a better start? Why did you guys get going better last year, Brandon, than you are this year? Mm, I don't know. I just – like uh, we were all excited, you know, I come to draft for that team. And we just – pretty much we got started off on the right foot. That was the biggest thing. I think the the first race – or I guess the second race we won, the second weekend out we won the 10,000 at Boyd's. And then right. the first race of the following year we – win the first Lucas Oil race, and I think it just, you know, it built up a lot of momentum for us to, you know, kind of build on, and we were just clicking and everything's going good. Uh, like I said, I know we're going to get it all straightened out. It ain't no big deal. It's just uh, we're not running, you know, as good as we want to. Um, we just had a lot of things happen that, you know, nobody expected. Uh, like I said, all the, the motor problems we had at Brunswick and um, where, wherever else. we, You know, just stuff, just stupid stuff's been happening. I think we've had more DNS this year so far than I had, you know, the whole time I raced last year. So, uh Two two weekends and knock two dry shafts out. Just stupid stuff happening, and I think I, you know that's the biggest thing for me. Three tracks this weekend: Livonia, Cherokee, and Sonoya. Tell me something you love about each one of those places. I'm not sure if you've been to Livonia. I think you have, but I'm not sure. But tell me something you love about each one of those places. Uh, Livonia, like I said, I know there's some new people coming in. That's you know it's been running it lately. Uh, my little brother's been racing there a little bit, and he's been telling me how you know how good it's been being. So pretty excited about that. You know, uh, I guess that's cool, you know, with a bunch of racetracks and stuff shutting down. It's pretty neat to see somebody come in and kind of take over the reins of that place, you know, to keep it going. And uh, Gaffney, uh, hell, I don't know. I love everything about that place. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> not, 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 not a hometown track, but I feel like I'm home there. Uh, you know, I've raced there growing up, racing there. I, it's one of the only places I've ever flipped at. So, uh, <laughs> just, you know, like I said, it's uh the, the the crowd and stuff at gaffney i'd say that's the biggest thing uh like just if you go back and watch that i guess the lucas race i won last year over there just the people that yes. you know i got more probably uh just people seeing that race or whatever commenting so when i see me at the race that man you put it on at gaffney you know i just they got a real good fan base and sonoa sonoa is not supposed to be in georgia pretty much uh, <laughs> else you're gonna go that's as slick as that place and uh i think that's pretty neat you know I've always told when I first started running outlaws, I was telling everybody they're like, "Man, you suck when you go off." And I'm like, "You don't understand. This stuff is slick. Like it's nothing like what what we're used to seeing down here." And so I'm kind of glad that everybody I told that has a chance to go, you know, a couple hours down the road and 
and experienced it a little bit, so that's pretty neat. From an outside perspective, and that kind of leads to my next question, I always find it interesting when you go to places that are so different in one weekend, and I think these tracks, I don't know a ton about Livonia, but I think they are different. I mean, I know Cherokee and Sonoa. You say Sonoa, I say Sonoa. Everybody yells at everybody if they say it different. But I know Cherokee and Sonoa are way different. But is that a challenge going into a weekend like this? These three places are pretty different. That's got to kind of change your mindset a little bit. Yeah, I think, like, definitely if you've never been to any of them, I think it's a kind of a – especially, like, if you've been there for the first time, I know it'll be a, you know, a big swing because you leave Gaffney or Livonia and run around there wide open, and then, like, most of the time we hot lap at Sonoa, you're letting off at the flag stand, coaching <laughs> in. So that's that's the biggest thing. Like, I guess if the guys that are good, you know, that, you know, race for a while, like Shepard and, you know, like, obviously Madden, Clint, now any, any of the guys, like a veteran – They'll know kind of how to adjust, but definitely if you've never been to any of them, it's a pretty big swing, you know. I know there was some debate inside the team. Do we do we hold this really successful regional schedule that we're doing, or do we go back and run with the World of Outlaws as you did before with your family stuff? As you sit here in early May, is there anybody inside that team saying, oh, man, we should have stuck with that schedule? Or is it like you said, we're fine, we're good, we've had some weird bad luck, we're going to be cool? No, we're fine. Like I said, uh there there was like a you know a little debate on what we should do or not but once we get out of this bad luck i'm i'm always like pretty confident about everything you know i don't think i think we just got to get all this stuff behind us and we'll be fine i'm more excited about getting out of here racing around here and kind of going back to some of the tracks that i like that i ran on the tour in the past you know so uh we're not quitting we're good we're gonna be all right we just like i said we're kind of in a pickle right now but once once we get everything straightened out with our motors we got a new car coming we get that new car put together and i think we'll be fine world of outlaws triple header this weekend livonia cherokee and sonoa i got a feeling brandon overton will bust out of that slump this weekend good luck 116 we'll see you down there all right man thank you for having me Last year, Lucas Oil moved their traditional Taswell and Florence dates from early June to early May, where they seem to have found a nice home. They're back on the docket this weekend. Both nights, 12000 to win. And another guy like Brandon Overton in need a little bit of luck is Chalk Hill, Pennsylvania's Mason Ziegler, who is parked on the Integra Shocks and Springs hotline now. Mason, Taswell first. I texted you prior to being on the show, and I'd asked you, have you ever been to Taswell? And you said, no, but I am really excited to go. It is, in fact, the highest bank dirt track in the country. What are you most excited about when you're rolling to Taz this weekend, Mason? Uh, man, I don't I don't really have anything in particular that excites me. I'm just excited to, to race there. I mean, we've watched a lot of videos on you know Dirt on Dirt, and uh, – it's always been a place I've been really anxious to go to. I mean, obviously just because of the high bank corners and stuff. And I'm just sort of baffled on the numbers everyone are trying to tell me to, you know, where to start <laughs> on right fronts and stuff. I'm like, are you serious? But, uh, but uh, definitely something new, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Florence, you've actually had some moments in that 43A car where you were running good. I have a memory of you sort of charging through the field. You never really had a great finish at Florence, so you told me you stuffed it in the wall. The Ralph Latham Memorial is on Saturday. Give me your thoughts. Not a place you've been to a lot, but a Florence Speedway. Yeah, I think we've been there twice. And uh, the 43A car, man, is a fast car, man. I just It seemed like every time I'd get in it, though, we just have bad luck. You know, I think we blew out five right rear tires. You know, and I, it's just we couldn't get the monkey off our backs. But uh, that one there was my fault for sure. That, <laughs> I uh, I was frustrated. We we started on the front row, and everyone sort of ran us over on the start, just split us getting in the corner and ran across the nose. And uh, I was irritated right off the get-go. And I think they just did it because it was a yellow car that they weren't familiar with from that area. And 
you know, probably thinking, who is this guy starting in the front row? And, uh, you know, Brian and them are real, um, you know, their numbers and their car, they keep it real old school looking, just the number and the sponsors. And I think a lot of times people will look at that like, you know, who is this guy? And they just sort of want to get away, get around you real quick. And uh, I don't think a lot of them realize, you know, they have top-notch equipment and right. they always have. And, um, man, I tell you what, it was so fast. I think I rolled back by Jackie Boggs. Uh, and then passed the 12 car, and then I was passing Lanigan, and I can't even remember what I did now. I drove off in there and, <laughs> and stuffed in the fence, as you know, what inevitably happened. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we'll we'll be good there, and I think I finally can. Uh, you know, I know what to expect going in, so I'm I'm definitely excited for for both racetracks. No pretty way to put it. 14th in points right now on the Lucas Tour. Simple question, why has it gone bad this year, and what does it do, or what does it have to do to get better? You know, we, we talked about this yesterday, and uh, it just basically came, comes down to Florida. You know, we went down to Florida, and the first night I came out eighth in points, and then I was leading the next night and had a freaking transmission explode, a brand-new transmission. And uh, then we go over to East Bay and, we don't make the race the final night, and then that really hurt us. I think that took us down to like, I think I think we were still like ninth in points, even though uh, we didn't make that race at East Bay, and we were like fifth or sixth prior to that. And then uh, we went over to Ocala. We were running really good, um, battling for the lead in the heat race, and we had a distributor cap uh, go bad on us, and uh, a car ended up shutting off and just come to a stop and. I ended up missing the race by one spot in the uh, B main. And, uh, you know, we were third quick overall in qualifying. So I assume maybe we'd have a fast time provisional. And because uh, at that time, they're still going off last year's points right. for a provisional. And uh, it just so happened that night, there was no such thing as a fast time provisional. <laughs> and that just killed us on uh, points. And we've really just been scratching and clawing to get back up through there at this point. I, I think we've definitely made some leaps and bounds, but, uh, man, I, I just, I, I think if, you know, I wouldn't been out leading the heat race over there at, uh, at Tri-City, that would have been a, probably a top five run for us. And, um, you know, I just got to keep our heads down and, and just, you know, minimize the mistakes. And I think we'll be right back up in the hunt. It's just, uh, a matter of, uh, I guess, you know, doing what we need to do and me on my end, not making any mistakes. We see guys drop off national tours all the time. It's already happened a little bit this year. Once that season starts to heat up and you get all those races around home, it's hard to drive by for you, you know, Port Royal, Dog Hollow, whatever's racing at home, and drive around the country past those races. How committed is this team to sticking it out on the road to running Lucas the rest of the year? Oh, there's no doubt we're going to do it. Um, we're, we don't do things and, and quit. I mean, it's just not how, the kind of people we are, and uh we said we were going to do it, and we're going to do it. I just think that uh, I think the series, you know, definitely can do a little better on their behalf uh, to make it easier for new timers to come on and run a tour. You know, the, they talk about demographic in our sport being at an older age, and you know, I think if they could do things to um, to help, you know, these newcomer newcomers come on and, and do the tour, yeah, I think it would it would definitely help. You know. Uh, the demographic for sure. So I, I think that, uh, you know, I just that's about it, man. I just, uh, it's rough, man. It's hard. Just, it, it, Florida's so big. I, you just got to 
you know, you got to make the shows in Florida. You got to come out of Florida and make those every race for the first 10, and you're in good shape from there on out, I guess. Yeah, Florida is. That's what a lot of guys say. You get buried in Florida, you're in trouble. And that's uh, I think that has rung true for you this way this year. Taswell Friday, Florence Saturday, Lucas Oil, twelve thousand win both. Mason, good luck this weekend. This luck's bound to turn around, don't you think? Yeah, I hope so. We'll find <laughs> out, I guess. All right, thanks, buddy. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Suave is keeping his head above five hundred. Turned by the way, I kind of thought by this point he might be dipping well below, but he's not. We will explore his lock situation after the break. And Turn is looking all the way into the future, into the distant future. You'll find out how after the break. Heartland loves its tradition of grassroots auto racing. And one of the most beloved events is the 26th annual Lucas Oil Show Me 100. Presented by Protect the Harvest. It happens May 24th, 25th, and 26th at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. This is known as the crown jewel event of late model racing. With three full days of breathtaking action. There's family fun, camping, great food, and go-karts for a full weekend of entertainment. For tickets and info, visit lucasoilspeedway.com. Lucas Oil Speedway, the fastest in family fun. Late Model Race in Australia, this is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, we're just having a blast parking by my butt here, Ryan. Uh, it's just it's just a really fun time. It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Meanwhile, Tina goes, and it's all Jason Fitzgerald and Tyler Ebb. Flying job, Tyler Ebb. Can he pull his right? Yes, he can. Back to the race lead. And wins. And takes the win. Hell, I think there was, what, 29, 30 cars at, at every show, and that, that was way better than last year, so... Never know when we get back next year, there might be 50. Josh Richards in a backup car comes from the tail to win tonight at Golden Isles. Who's it going to be at the line? Oh, no! I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won! Shepard, your new leader. Checkered flag awaits. Here comes then, but Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win it, Blucha. Turn, if you needed a car, turn, if you needed a car, where would you go? Mark Martin. That's the right answer, the only answer. Cars, trucks, everything, the best rates on the planet, and they're racing people. Mark himself, Lance Landers, Mooney Star. You're not just buying a car from some random people. They are dirt late model people. And seriously, that has to count for something. MarkMartinAutomotive.com. How about this? I will sweeten the pot turn. Are you ready for this? You buy a car or a truck or anything. it got to be a car or a truck, right? I can't have you going to buy, like, a legal pad or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Mark Martin, I will give you a lifetime Dirt on Dirt subscription. Lifetime. Wow. It can't be, by the way, you can't have bought it five years ago and show me the receipt. From this point forward, May 1st, 2018 on, you buy a car or truck from Mark Martin. Look me up. Lifetime Dirt on Dirt subscription. Give me the bill of sale. I'll confirm it with them. DOD for life turn. Mark, every week I do it. Mark Martin Automotive. You've got to string it together of me I know. not I being able. i got to get that little bouncing ball for you. <laughs> yes, I want the bouncing ball next week, all right? <laughs> We were talking milestones in honor of my anniversary, and it got Turn's little head rolling. It got him thinking, so here we go. Who knows what's in there? Turn's turn this week. Oh, yeah. Turn down the 
Whoa. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what, 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 I, what, what just happened I, I, right I there? What, what did you just do? If you can tell, I'm not a professional dancer. So You're not I a mean, professional dancer. He... You got a little bit of sun this weekend at Macon. Yeah, just a, I mean, little, a little bit of sun. A little bit of sun on that fair skin of yours. So. <laughs> doesn't take much. Yeah, doesn't take much. Doesn't take much. So, yeah, I got to, uh, got to thinking, and I was like, you know what? You're looking into the past of your past nine years with your, your wife, Amber. Yes, Mom. I'm looking into the future. I want to make some predictions, some bold predictions. Okay. For 10, 20, and 30 Whoa, years in the wow. future. So these are dirt late model predictions yes. for the future. Yes. Okay, and, and these, will, these will be anniversary dates in the future. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, okay. then, so then when these come up, you can look up the show and tell me how wrong I was. <laughs> okay, okay. So 10 years. Oh, 10 years. Here we go. Number one, Scott Bloomquist wins his fifth Lucas Oil title. Okay, so okay. he's got three right now. Okay. I think in the next ten years he gets two more. Okay, okay. Brandon Shepard wins his second. Wow, okay. Have one a- aggressive. Yet. Zero yeah. right now. Okay, I, okay. I think he gets two in the next ten years. Okay. Bobby Pierce wins two Dirt Late Model Dreams. Oh, wow. Aggressive, aggressive. Yeah. Okay. And Chris Madden will win back-to-back Wu-Tang. That is the one that, to me, might stick out the most is, man, Madden winning two in a row. He, he could win it this year, though. Yeah. So, okay, all right. That's that's. Those are all ten years. You can see all that. Somewhat achievable. Yeah. Okay, okay. So... I'm going to just admit, the 20 years, not as realistic. <laughs> okay. How about Billy oh, Moyer? Oh, that's good. That's 20 good. years from now, Billy Moyer announces his official retirement. Oh, that would put him in his mid-70s, early to mid-70s. You think he's going to hang on that long? Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Cody Summer promotes a dirt late model world tour, which has races in China, <laughs> Australia, South Africa, and England. How I'm about not, that? I'm not putting anything past him. I'm not putting a single thing <laughs> past him. He just had a $100,000 to win sprint car race this weekend. We'll be, in, so we'll be there live from South Africa. Yes. Turn, shirt. And how about this? Bobby Pierce... The, the third, third. <laughs> the third wins his first summer nationals race uh, in twenty years. So that would make that? Bobby about forty years old. Yes, kid, be about eighteen, nineteen at that yeah. time. I can see that one. So what? If these are a little crazy, what? What is thirty years? I haven't seen this yet. Well, what is thirty? You're years? gonna love this one. Okay. The cryogenically <laughs> frozen head of Scott Bloomquist wins the World 100. How about that one? Oh God! Look at his I head mean, in the tube. And everything. <laughs> taking it from uh, Futurama, uh, and, you know, just. I, as a baseball junkie, Ted Williams, they always said his head was frozen. His head could come back and win a batting title. I think the head of Bloomer could win a World yeah, 100. Why not? What's he going to steer with, Turner? Is it mind power, or how oh, is I he? Mean, well, look at the look on his face. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think that's... it's definitely, you know, <laughs> telepathic. Every week I sort of rank your turns. Turn. This one's up there for me. <laughs> this was top good. five. The cryogenically frozen head of Scott Bloomquist. <laughs> oh, wins the World 100. We have to show that to Scott, by the way, when we yes. see him later this year. Oh, I got I to gotta gather myself after seeing Bloomer's head in a jar. Last week, Suave got close to really, really making the lock scenario interesting. He almost went two games over 500. He got the, uh, the Madden lock at Smoky Mountain, and he was this close, or maybe this close, to getting Bab at Macon. He's still a game over 500, but Turnit could have been worse. If he got to 5-3, and three, I would have gone like this. Yeah, if he had got to five and three, I might have. Would you have maybe thought about it a little bit? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about it now. I'm not going to lie to you. So <laughs> this is another one of those weekends. He's got a lot of options to choose from. Let's see where he went. Swab's lock of the week. Turn gets that tat. Hey, and turn gets that tat. Oh, for the first time in 2018, there's smoke on the water. Chris Smokey Man wins at Smoky Mountain Speedway. After splitting this past weekend, my record improves to four and three. And turn, 
I show no signs of slowing down because I'm the lock guru. This weekend, I'm taking my talents to the southeast with the World of Outlaws series. The Woo Boys have three races and three nights, and my lock is a simple one. Give me Chris Smokey Madden to win at least once. That's right, once this weekend. Sure, I may be copping out with an easy lock, but it doesn't matter as long as Turn gets the tramp stamp. And that's Suave's Lock of the Week. It's such an awesome day. New year, but the same old squad. So give me the green light. The worst part, the worst part about that is having to see him. He thinks his guns are so big in the yeah. dress every year. Yeah. Turn if I have to stare at that one more time. He's four and three. Remember the tattoo on the line at the Gateway Dirt Nationals. When we come back, we're going to talk about some sprint car racing. Oh turn, turn, we're going to talk about sprint car racing when we come back on Late Model Live. We have four tens to talk about. Don't faint. We'll be back after this. by champions. Bloodquist wins the dirt late monitoring. Stronger, lighter, and safer drive shafts than steel and aluminum. Extremely durable for worry-free performance. Proven in countless major events and crown jewel wins. Made in-house for late models, crates, and modifieds right here in the USA. Drive shafts, rod ends, ball joints, and shocks. QA1 does it all, and they do it well. Visit QA1.net. Are you kidding me? What a show! Davenport drifts up over the void! Down the next runaway! The crowd comes to its feet! New leader, Brandon Overman! I'm not sure James Essex actually spoke real words there, Turn, during during the, <laughs> during that highlight. That's how good our video department is. Overton talked about it. We kicked it right in. That was that brilliant pass he made last year at Cherokee during that Lucas Oil race that he went on to win. By the way, Brandon's turned into a hell of an interview, don't you think, Turn? Yeah. Uh, Mason, too. Good. But Brandon, yeah, Brandon's really gotten better and better, and he's really he's turned into a really good interview. Don't forget, this weekend, five national touring races, three for the Outlaws, two for Lucas. Get ready for that. But meanwhile, get ready. We're going to finish this off. Five, two, go. 
number five, a series I've raved about the past two years, starts their season this weekend. The American Ethanol Tour kicks off at the Montpelier Motor Speedway in Montpelier, love saying that, Indiana, a place we've never actually been for coverage before, but we will have it for the first time this weekend. As of Tuesday, the series is still expecting eight to ten regulars, including a heavy Michigan contingent. Remember, Dona Marcouillard is a back-to-back champion, but I don't think he wins it this weekend. They're in northeast Indiana. I like Steve Casebolt to make the trip slightly north and get his second victory of the year. Number four, what a breath of fresh air for the Mars Dirt Car Series this weekend. When Chris Tilley <clears throat> took over, he said that he wanted to get more involved in Illinois, and that starts this weekend at two tracks you don't often see paired together. Belclair, America's other great fifth mile on Friday, and right here at Fayette County on Saturday, both of these races are 3,000 to win, and both in that St. Louis group of tracks, as we like to say in Illinois. There's a good chance you see Bab, Fager, and all the rest down there, but I like Brian Shirley to get at least one win this weekend. Number three, you don't often see a regional series do a triple header, but for three years now running, the MLRA has had one in early May that I absolutely love. Thursday at Lee County, a great track. Friday back at Davenport. I'm not sure if they're running the half or the quarter mile this weekend. Either way, it should be pretty good. Chris Simpson's back there. He just won a few weeks ago. And Saturday, they're back at LaSalle Speedway. Regional racing or not, those are three great tracks. Chris Simpson takes two out of three this weekend. Turn number two, we said it was rare for a regional series to have a triple header. Also rare for them to go standalone on a single event, but that's what Kelly Carlton's ultimate group has Saturday night at Lawrence County Speedway in South Carolina, a track that opened all the way back in 1952. It is nicknamed the Darlington of Dirt. And Mike Duvall, just a factoid, won here 33 times. Tyler Millwood is now officially on tour. He's now officially leading ultimate points. And he officially goes back-to-back this weekend, in my opinion. Millwood, Lawrence County, Saturday, $4,014 to win. And number one, you all know I'm a sucker for a good unsanctioned race. And we've got some smaller ones this weekend I'll rattle off. Tyler County, 3000 to win Saturday. They've had a little weather issue this year in a few races. Let's hope they're able to get it in. And Golden Isles. 3,000 to win unsanctioned race Saturday as well. Usually we don't talk about GIS unless it's during the Super Bowl of racing in February. But get out there and support Gold Niles and Tyler County. Turn, this is the lock of the week. Jason Fitzgerald in that seven-car book it wins Golden Isles this weekend. You know, no one even else needs to come. Turn, how about that? <laughs> Nobody show up. Well, that's Fitzgerald. Now watch Fitzgerald text me and goes, oh, no, we, we decided we couldn't make it this weekend. But he's supposed to be there. That was five to go. Turn, we got a lot of on-demand coverage this weekend. What do we got? We got all kinds of stuff. We have the Woo. The Woo Boys. The Woo Boys. The Woo Boys. The doubleheader, or the tripleheader, excuse me. Woo at Livonia, Woo at Cherokee and Sonoya, Lucas Oil at Tazewell and Florence, MLRA at Lee County, Davenport and LaSalle, and Ethanol at, how do, how do you say it? Montpelier. Montpelier. It's, it's, it's all my worldly travels have allowed me to speak uh-huh. and such or something like that. And also someone from Montpelier at Texan says that's not how you say it. So that's for sure coming at some point as well. Another really busy weekend. Uh, we're about, uh, what are we, three and a half weeks till our next pay-per-view turn, about a month out. Yep. The Salute to the Troops 75, biggest race in LaSalle history. Lucas Oil sanctioned 25 grand to win June 1st and 2nd. Turn the weekend after that, where are we? 
the dream, the dirt late model dream, uh, the the original biggie, the original yeah. hundred thousand dollar to win dirt late model race, hundred grand, the dream at Eldora live again in our partnership with EldoraSpeedway.com. And turn, we're going about one every month now. We got another big ones, uh, the firecracker turn, yes. June twenty first and twenty third, and turn will be there for what is it? The pizza rolls, pepperoni rolls, what is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the pizza rolls. Uh, I mean, I think they're called pepperoni rolls at the <laughs> concession stand. Oh my goodness, they are. So I'm trying to eat better, and it does not help knowing that the firecracker and pepperoni rolls that will be live at dirt on dirt with our partnership with dirt vision on that one turn also we don't do this very often but some shameless plugs for us this yeah. is the name of the segment uh some folks out there enjoying our coverage mike mckinney mod ace having 40 races to catch up on at dirt on dirt gives me unnecessary that's how i feel too if i if i if i'm gone of a weekend and don't get to watch them all my blood pressure raises too i thought this was cool too it's dakota knuckles good run this past weekend uh tweeted out hey blessed and humble Thanks, Dirt on Dirt and Rocket Chassis, uh, for a feature story that our own Ali Collis did on Dakota Knuckles. Uh, we've got the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. Every week, someone asks me if he's dead. He's not. It's my favorite part of my week. Is Kevin dead? No, he's still alive. <laughs> uh, the Dirt Million Points update. Let's take a look at that turn. Of course, Mansell had a big sprint car race this past week. But there you go, Scott. Scott had fallen out of the top four at one point. He's now back in the lead by almost 2,000 points over Bobby Pierce. Devin Moran and Tyler Carpenter. Remember, those four guys get a provisional in the Dirt Million in August. Speaking of Mansfield, they had a sprint car race this past weekend, not just any sprint car race, a $100,000 to win sprint car race. We haven't seen a lot of racing at Mansfield, obviously. It's, it's new that Cody and that group out there are doing. Here was the finish from this sprint car race turn. Take a look. Aaron Reisel, big run off of turn two to the inside of Schaefer. Slider, $100,000. Here they come. Reisel into the wall. Dan Schaefer. How about that? That was an $80,000 attempt. Last <laughs> lap pass right there. Tim Schaefer wins it. That was really cool. Also, uh, speaking of Cody Summer, Gateway Dirt Nationals tickets on sale today. Yeah. So that is cool as well. Dustin Jarrett turn. Where do we start with Dustin uh, Jarrett? We try not to throw each other under the bus here at DirtOnDirt.com. Dustin worked our pay-per-view with us this past weekend. And what did Dustin do, turn? He took the frickin' wireless yep. mic home with him all the way to Ohio like a big, stupid goofball. I would have never found out about it either, turn. But yep. you know Dustin and Ben, it doesn't happen on social media. It does it not happen. happen. Yeah. So here they are posting. you you got to take, take this up with your buddy, man. He really kind of screwed you well, on this. <laughs> That's the thing is uh, I talked to Dustin the night before and he's like, "Hey man, I'm really sorry. I, I you know, I just found it and and could, I was like, it's okay. It's all we right. just no left it deal. there though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you know the next day, I was like, I'll handle it and he posts this on Facebook and I get uh well, I have no butt left. It was all chewed out. That's right. I was angry. I'm very I'm a very angry guy. No, come on. Uh, we love DJ <laughs> intern, but you know, come on DJ, don't, don't haul the mic all the way back to Ohio if you could. I thought this was cool, too. Don't forget, in a couple of weeks now, a huge event at Fayetteville Motor Speedway for Jim Long. $25,000 to win and 2000 to start in the first and flight 100. But look at this. Jim Long, of course, Dunn Benson Motorsports was based right there around Fayetteville. And now it's the first in flight 100 in memory of Carlton Ray Lamb. And look at that turn, $25,000 and $1 to win with that Dunn Benson number one on the end. I think that's very cool. 2000 to start. Nice touch by the folks down there in Fayetteville. I really like that. Also a note this week, not sure if you saw it, the Wild West shootout finale is going to pay $14,000 to win in January this year and $1,000 to start. 
start. Chris Kearns and Kevin Montgomery, the boys out there out west, really upping the ante. Uh, that is going to be big. And I will just say on a personal note, uh, some Eldora talk today. I'm excited, man. We are one month away from the dream. I know there's a ton of big races between now and then, but Eldora is still the Super Bowl for us in every capacity. So we are one month away from the dream, and I am pumped about that. One final thought I wanted to hit you guys with tonight. You've probably noticed we've had a little more local racing flavor on the show this year. And I also encourage you to read Ali Collis's weekly notebook every Thursday night. It is a fantastic, just full, in-depth weekly racing thing from all over the country. But I've gotten a lot of texts and emails the past few days about local car counts. And there's no secret they've not been great. I do think perhaps they'll pick up as the year gets a little deeper. But the moral of the story is support your local dirt track. Get out there at least once or twice a month and talk to your promoters. That's one thing I want to encourage you to do. Talk to your promoters. They are incredibly approachable for the most part. Give them suggestions. Be a part of that facility. You'd be amazed how often a, hey, my name's so-and-so, and and I wanted to talk to you, the promoter, turns into a, oh, yeah, that was four years ago. Now I'm doing timing and scoring. I'm helping them paint buildings. I'm doing all this stuff. You'd be amazed where those conversations go. We've got a busy weekend coming up, tons of coverage, and a reminder, I am out next week, Turn. Oh, boy. But D-Suave, Derek Kessinger, will be in this seat. You ready for that? Uh, Not in the least. Derek Kessinger hosting Late Model Live next week, a week off after that, and then we're back to preview the Show Me 100 and really get the summer rolling. For everybody at Dirt on Dirt, Derek, Turn, Todd, Kevin, Allie, I'm going to stop there or else I'll forget everybody else. Happy anniversary, babe. I love you, Amber. We'll be back after this. We'll be back after this. We'll be back next week, Turn. (laughs) We'll be back. My beautiful wife has me flustered. You see what happens? Yeah, I see what happens. We will be back next week. Amber, I love you.